0: I'm Angela Kelly Robet, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back to Behind the Mic, Voices of the EPN. My name is Chris Nessie. I'm the founder of the Education Podcast Network and also a podcaster. And I want to welcome you here into episode number nine of Behind the Mic. Hope you enjoyed episode eight with Angela Kelly Robeck from the Empowered Principal Podcast. Today I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Sam Fesich from the EduMagic New Educator Podcast. I love the work that Dr. Sam Fesich is doing. And she joins me right now here behind the mic. Welcome, Sam. How you doing?
1: Hey, Chris. It's great to be, great to hear you, great to see you. I am ready. Let's rock and roll.
0: Awesome. So we're going to dive right in and get to know you and get to learn a little bit more about your podcast. Let's go back to the beginning. Wayne's World. (laughs) Can you share a little bit about your background in education and how that led you to podcasting?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm a former special ed teacher and ed tech coach. So special ed and ed tech blend beautifully together, especially when it comes to differentiation and providing opportunities for students with special needs that may not have been possible without ed tech. For example, assistive technologies and communication devices. And now with so many tools available, ed tech and special ed, they just go hand in hand. So that was my teacher K-12 life. And then I was given the opportunity to pursue further education through Penn State, where I got um, a master's in instructional tech, a master's in special ed, and a PhD in learning design and technology. So currently, I'm te- I'm working with future educators, and I absolutely love what I do, having those aspiring educators every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8 a.m., and working with them on how to be educators of excellence, starting with their freshman year and working with them throughout um, their college career, and also observing a few of them in their special ed placement. So that is my day job, and that kind of led me into podcasting. That and um, a little gentle nudging from you because uh, <laughs> I remember back when we had a conversation. Oh, you start a podcast? I don't know what I'm going to say. Nobody really is going to listen to. That. I don't. Yeah, I didn't really have like an idea of what it could be, and I, I am so glad I took the leap into podcasting. It truly has been such a fun experience. Um, I started off with episodes geared towards future educators and student teachers and strategies and tips I was using with my own uh, students and how it could help other other college students, other student teachers. It's, It's just been a fun experience getting to know people, learning more and my confidence as an educator and as a speaker, also kind of like a little side effect of podcasting also, um, blossomed. So I'm, it's been an amazing
0: experience. I am so glad that you create the content you create and correct me. So the Magic, the book came first, right?
1: <laughs> oh yes. There, okay. was yeah, there was a book. Yeah, there was a <laughs> book.
0: And then, and then it became the podcast. So it's kind of like space ball. So I of magic, the book, Edge of magic, the podcast, where's the lunchbox? No.
1: <laughs> yeah. We need a t-shirt, right?
0: <laughs> yes. Um, I also am kind of a little bit in your world working with new teachers. I've, I've had this career resurgence where I love taking on student teachers. So I'm getting them in, uh, at least here in New Jersey, working with students from Rutgers. I get them, whether they're in their phase one, just coming in like one day a week or in the phase two, mm-hmm. two days a week. All the way up until, hey, you're the full-time, five-day-a-week student teaching experience. And I, I love that. I, I, I wish I could walk a little bit more in like your footsteps and kind of teach those college courses where I can work with one student teacher at a time. Although last year I worked with two, I had a phase three and a phase one at the same Ooh. time. And then he went to phase two and now I have him for phase three. So I'll have a student teacher or actually we're recording this before the school year starts. But if you're listening to this in January when it's out now, there, listener, uh, I've already had this student teacher that I'm talking to or uh, talking about. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with a lot of that. That's why we love podcasting. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. I love your content. And from working with student teachers, your podcast early on and then now with what it's you've kind of shifted a little bit. And we'll talk about that. It fills a need because I'm seeing as a cooperating teacher that teacher preparation programs and I know you work in one there's there's some gaps with what mm-hmm. they come in knowing or what they think being a teacher is so your podcast yeah. I think really fills in a lot of that like you, it's it's like a nice supplement to what any student teacher or pre-service teacher is getting so compliments to you
1: <laughs> thank you so much I appreciate that
0: and if you who is listening if you are a pre-service educator, or you're thinking about a career in education, maybe it's going to be a second career. You want to get into it that way. You've got to check out EduMagic and Sam's podcast. And there's two ways that you can find it. You can go to edupodcastnetwork.com because it's a part of this network. But the better option is to go to Sam's website, which is sfesich.com. And there will be a link to both of those in the show notes for this episode, which are a swipe Or a tap away. But go to her website. She's got way more than the podcast. Blog posts, (laughs) articles, books, the resources. Um, So definitely connect with Sam if you are getting into education. That's a good promo for you, right? That was
1: awesome. Can I like use that for my stuff? That was amazing. You can snip it right (laughs) out. Yay! (laughs) Okay.
0: So you had the book. But what was the real inspiration behind I'm going to record my voice, and I'm going to do this podcasting thing. What what was the inspiration to take that that step?
1: Sure, I would say it would have to be students and the need for having a podcast just for them, because there's podcasts out there for first year teachers, science teachers, all the different kinds of teachers, but not much out there for college students studying to be educators. So, you know, when the book came out, Edgy Magic, it was so much fun to connect with. Colleges and universities who adopted the book for for a college course or for a practicum, and you know I would do like a few webinars here and there, or go into their classes and be a guest speaker, and then that's where it stopped. So, being able to have the podcast, being able to reach so many more future and aspiring teachers, has that definitely been you know the reason behind it, the inspiration, just. To continue to share that information, share that knowledge, I always tell my students sharing is caring. So if you have a great idea or a strategy, put it out there. Educators, new and uh, veteran educators want to learn about it. So, And I've also heard from veteran teachers, oh, this is a great podcast for me too. So hey, it's it's geared towards student teachers and new teachers, um, college students, but it also has some good little tidbits there for our our practicing educators.
0: I love that. So it's good for any educator. Yeah. So every educator should listen to your show. That's the bottom line. I don't even know how many millions of teachers there are, but every educator should give it a listen. Now, as a podcaster, I want you to be a little, little reflective here. What do you think is your unique perspective that you bring to this world of podcasting?
1: Sure. So I think having a foot in academia, so knowing evidence-based practices, knowing research, knowing those best practices. But I'm not really professory when I talk about it. So I'm very um, down-to-earth, really approachable. Um, practical, I think, is also another great word for whenever I'm sharing content out on the podcast. So I try to bring these concepts, these best practices, and make it very user-friendly. So what what does it mean to build a community in your online course? Well, let's talk about three ways you can do that. And here you can get started with one like tomorrow or today. So I want the content to be easy to use, not stressful, um, and something that's going to make a change in pedagogy, practice, um, content delivery, whatever it might be. So as a podcaster, being able to deliver that content in a way that's user-friendly.
0: It And podcasting in general is super user-friendly because Mm -hmm. you can listen to audio while doing any number of activities. So who knows what the person listening to this right now, what they're doing, but Mm -hmm. keep on doing whatever it is. (laughs) And thank you for listening. Uh, Sam, can you talk about any obstacles or challenges that you faced when you decided to start a podcast?
1: Yeah, I believe I asked you this question whenever we first started talking about podcasting. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the answer that you told me. And you might not remember the answer that you told me, but I remember. And you had said always keep a list of topics somewhere, whether it's written down on a piece of paper or somewhere on your computer. Now I have two lists. One is in Google Keep because I can use that on my phone. And the other is in OneNote, which is more of like a permanent spot where I can move my stuff from Google Keep and pop it into OneNote. Um, And that's where I keep all of my ideas. And I think that's a really big challenge to come overcome because what am I going to talk about next week? I have no idea. Oh, hey, let me go to my list of stuff that came up last year or came up last month. Or I find some really good ideas come to me whenever I'm driving. (laughs) like, oh, I should make a little voice note about that. Um, also asking, uh, on Instagram and direct messages or asking over in stories on Instagram, what, you know, questions do you have? How can I help support you? What are you struggling with? What can I, what are you doing, um, in your classrooms that you feel like you can improve upon or things that you're doing really well? What are you glowing and growing in in student teaching or in field work? So getting some of that feedback from audience members is really important too, because that can help kind of. Fuel a topic or fuel an episode or an idea. So just recently we met with our student teachers and we found that getting organized as, as a student teacher, super stressful. What do I include? What do I leave out? What do I put into my binder? How do I document all the things? How do I stay organized? So creating an episode about that is going to be really helpful. Uh, for student teachers starting out in January, <laughs> but you know, just being reflective in that practice, having a list of ideas is super helpful, especially when you're wondering what am I going to record today. And just having, yeah, just having that available, however you would like that to be. Like I said, I have keep in um, OneNote, and that's how I that's how I use it. So that's a challenge that I over, I overcame that content creation.
0: And an excellent solution of keeping that list. So, yes, keep on keeping on in keep and keep. <laughs> and keep. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you have as, at the time that we're recording this, you have created and released two hundred and thirteen episodes of your podcast. So, virtual applause to you because <laughs> thank you. Another obstacle that some podcasters face is getting past episode seven or ten and getting into that routine. So you've certainly done that and I've always said because I stole it from somebody else, you get to 100 episodes, that's your podcast high school graduation. Now you're at two, you're over 200 episodes, you got your podcast bachelor's, right? So you you are well on your way to another doctorate or, or the masters in podcasting for sure because I wish that existed. Wouldn't that be so cool? I might just start printing out certificates and feel like you should. selling them to people. I wouldn't be the first <laughs> diploma, mill. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> in this podcast journey that you've been on for now over two hundred episodes, what do you think is your biggest success? What are you most proud of based on your body of work?
1: yeah, that i I like whenever have you ever googled yourself and seen like where your stuff is in other places? So yes. for example, I will Google edgy magic podcast and what might come up could be someone like putting it on their syllabus or putting it as a resource in a, um, like in a some more document for like a specific episode. I think that is so cool. And, if and when I do come across those things, I do try to reach out to whoever put it on like, Hey, thanks so much for the shout out. But it's sometimes it's hard to find who wrote it or how to get in contact with that person. But I think that is really neat. Or having someone come up to me at a conference and say, oh my gosh, I love your I love your show. Or, you know, that is, and I'm sure as a podcast, you get that too, especially at ISTE, right? And yes. it's just, it's so validating. Like, oh, yay, they're really, there's that listener. <laughs> you know, it, it, it really is so appreciated and and valued when when um, someone's like, oh my gosh, I'd love that episode. Or they reach out on DMs and shared a strategy or a technique. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that is, I think those moments um, really make it all worthwhile because sometimes you're sitting at the mic, like, "Am I really going to get some listeners on this one?" I hope so. We've all been there. The stats and there are listeners, and they do, and they do appreciate the show so much. So that part is really cool.
0: Well, well two things I want to say to that. So sure. yes, I I have found out, you know, through the social media grapevine that you know, like House of Ed Tech is been recommended or it's you know on a syllabus here or there like like you're saying with yours. At, but I am always most proud of when I find out that it's a part of somebody's like potty PD or it's like on a QR code in a faculty bathroom. I yeah. love that. So that's my that's my first response. <laughs> I love it when House of EdTech makes it into the bathroom. Number two yes. <laughs> and I want, I, I want to talk to the listener. I want to talk to the listener. Podcasters thrive on feedback. So Send an email to your favorite podcaster. Maybe you listen to Sam's show and you've never reached out to her. Send her an email, tag her on X or Threads or wherever we're at right now, but reach <laughs> out to those podcasters because they love the feedback. Mm-hmm. And if you're enjoying the show, feel free to send me some feedback.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you asked for it on on, your sh- on House of Ed Tech, you know, with the feedback and the voice memos. So I th- I think that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Feedback, it makes the world go around, puts gas in our tank, for sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, Sam, let's go back to (laughs) (laughs) over 200 episodes. Do you have uh, a memorable story about your podcast or maybe a specific episode of your show that you have now come to see really resonated with your listeners? Maybe you got that feedback. Anything stand out to you?
1: So I I have had a repeat guest. Her name is Liana Malinowski, and she is involved in Kappa Delta Pi. And she was also nominated as a um, New Jersey Teacher of the Year in her county and in her school. And she's been on the show twice. One episode she shared about how to kind of get that motivation back when you're in the semester slump, because we all get that. Um, around November ish, um, and the other one was the importance of building community. And those two episodes, the way Leanna shares her content and her ideas, it is it's just spot on. She offers fantastic actionable strategies that anywhere from student teachers to practicing educators can use. She speaks from experience, which is fantastic, and she's also able to share those stories. And the one about building classroom community, she focuses on co-teaching strategies that her and her co-teacher use. And as a um, college supervisor of student teachers, sometimes our student teachers do co-teaching. So that is a fantastic resource about how she works with um, the special education teacher and the special ed teacher works with her as a gen ed teacher and how they collaborate and connect and build engaging lessons for their students and how it's not a us versus them. It's a our classroom. It's a we thing. And I love just the way she shares her content. So those two episodes by Liana have been fantastic and very well received um, in uh, on, on the podcast.
0: If you're checking out Sam's show, those are episodes 136 oh, you thank you. <laughs> at episode 210, and there'll be a link to both of those episodes in the show notes, which, of course, I swipe or a tap away. Thank you for sharing those episodes.
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking. I try. <laughs> I try.
0: <laughs> now, let's, uh, again, this is, I think, a, a nice reflective exercise. Sam, what or how has your podcast impacted your teaching being an educator who's active in planning and working with students
1: it's helped me be to become a more reflective educator so for example um sharing out with my students just one strategy Hey, um, get, like, getting to know your students the first day, or if you're a student teacher, don't just sit in the back like a creeper, like get involved with your, get involved in that classroom, get involved with the students. But being able to use the podcast as a way to expand upon that and give more examples has really been helpful. And then giving that to my student teacher, because I know whenever they're in that orientation phase of student teaching, it's kind of like, whoa, it's so overwhelming. But then giving them a podcast episode they can listen to you on the way to school um, to get their excitement up, to get their motivation going. And just to recap, like some great strategies that, they, that they've learned about, but maybe haven't thought about in a while. So it's an extra resource. Um, I use it selfishly for my student teachers like, hey, here's a great episode. Listen to it on your um, way into to student teaching this Wednesday or whatever it might be. And then I'd love to hear how you implemented that strategy or it's something you learned about this week. Um, so I, I selfishly use it that way. And I use it as, reflect, as a reflective tool um, just to support my own strategies and, and techniques that I'm using and, and sharing that out with a broader audience.
0: I love it. That's kind of what I do with House of Ed Tech, Podcast PD. So yeah, it definitely, it, it should play a role. So it's mm-hmm. good to see that it does and to get a little insight as to how it does that. As you kind of move forward with Magic as a podcast, you have kind of late in 2023 or at really at some point in 2023, you changed the name and you kind of changed the focus of your podcast. Can you talk a little bit about what a new listener can see as if they go and they're listening to older episodes, they're, they're going to hear a shift. Can you talk about how the podcast has changed?
1: Sure. So when I first developed the podcast, it was kind of like an extension of the book, Edu Magical Guide for Pre-Service Teachers. So it's very pre-service teacher, student teacher, college student oriented. And yes, there are still episodes in the 2023 catalog that relate to that audience, but I also wanted to open it up to a bigger audience and kind of think more about my role as a teacher of teachers and thinking about how I have used different strategies and techniques to, um, to th- th- that I've implemented different strategies and techniques in my own classroom. For example, like I shared earlier, building community in an online space. What are three ways you can build community in an on- online space? Several ways you can give feedback to adult learners that's meaningful. So thinking about um, tapping into the new professor or adjunct professor, um, Role has been really interesting. I have a. I'm really excited to get those episodes out and kind of do like a little mini series and see how it goes. And I know that they will be focused towards adult learners or teaching adult learners. Again, some of those strategies could be used for upper, not upper elementary, upper high school um, learners. But I I think it's it's going to be really a fun shift and a fun um, way to share things that I'm doing in my classroom that other professors might find helpful, like creating a syllabus in Canva that makes it look fun and not boring. And, you know, just these little strategies that I think we as, as teachers kind of take advantage of like, oh, we already know, I'm surely everybody else knows how to do that. Well, maybe they don't. And these, and this could be some great techniques and strategies that they can use in their own
0: courses. That's awesome. Now, speaking of a shift, I'm going to use you to do a classic Chris transition. Now, back on episode two of this very podcast, I spoke to Matthew Woods, host of Leading Out the Woods, right? And you two had a little crossover collaboration, and you both wrote a book together. Now, as we sit here having this conversation, it's been a while since I had that conversation with Matt, but I know we talked about what you two did together. And I didn't give him a quiz like, tell me all things about Sam. We're going to compare with Sam. So we're not going to do a game like that. Uh, But from your perspective, talk about what you did with Matthew Woods.
1: Sure. So we wrote a book called Digital PD for Educators. And what I love about it is it talks about different ways educators can take professional development into their own hands through digital means. So for example, using different types of social media. Now, when the book came out, Twitter was still Twitter. (laughs) So I will say that. (laughs) Who knows what it is Uh, right now? Threads did not exist. Um, So we talk about Instagram. We talk about um, connecting with other educators through Facebook, um, YouTube channels, podcasts as a way for professional development. But it's not just a read through this book and okay, good job, you read it. But there's actionable steps that you can take to get started. If you're if you're dipping your toe into the digital PD world, for example, if you want to get started on Instagram, it gives you some strategies to think about what are some things I could post about? What are some things I can put in my bio? How do I even get started with the lingo of Instagram? Um, so it's a very user-friendly book and it's a great quick read that you could do if you wanted to read just a little bit about the social media and try it out. Or if you wanted to read through it and complete the little activities, that's something else, another strategy that you could use to read through it. Um, But the focus was we want it to be actionable, not just, okay, I read this, but what am I going to do with the content now? Or how am I going to implement it?
0: Now, I don't think I asked Matt this, but I'm going to ask you. Because you're probably in charge of the whole dynamic between the two. I don't think so. No way. (laughs) I'm going to ask you Will people get to hear some form of digital PD for educators, the podcast? Ooh,
1: Chris, why do you got to do do that? That's how I
0: see the world. I I see the world in what can be a podcast.
1: Ooh. I may have to um, nudge nudge Matt and see what he thinks about that. That's a great idea.
0: Now, here's what I'll throw out there because the two of you have very successful shows separately. I would I could envision Digital PD for educators the podcast being a limited series that brings the book not in not really an audio book form because I I'm not an audio book listener. So don't just read the book to the to the world. Uh, but maybe turn the book in pieces into a limited set of podcast episodes. I'm just Ooh. thinking out loud.
1: I like those thoughts. Can you keep thinking out loud about that? Cause that sounds awesome. Maybe by this time in January, maybe it'll it will not exist. If it does exist,
0: check the show notes. Cause I will link to it because they'll keep me, they'll keep me in the loop.
1: Absolutely. When's Matt's, when's Matt's episode for behind the mic.
0: Matt's episode came out on September 15th, 2023. All he right. was back episode two. Two. <laughs> Two. <laughs> and, and again, this is episode 10. <laughs> All right, oh, we'll so, link
1: to that in the show notes too, right? <laughs> yes, of
0: course. Yes, go, go see what Matt said about Sam if you didn't listen to that episode already. <laughs> All right, Sam, I, as always, have a ball talking with you. You, you make me laugh, and we have some great conversations. So thank, thank you for that. Thank you for creating your show. And thank you, of course, for being a part of the Education Podcast Network. Before we say goodbye, more reflection. What key lesson or lessons have you learned as a podcaster that you would like to share with the aspiring podcaster?
1: Keep a calendar of content. So get your calendar out, whether that is written or digital, and jot down when you're going to record it, when you're going to edit it, when it's going to go out. Because I have fell into that trap where like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. No, tomorrow goes around. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. No, put it on the calendar, record, edit, and then get those show notes out and push it out tomorrow. where it needs to be for all the things, all that social media. So get a calendar, get a schedule going and try to start that early on.
0: Awesome. Sam, thank you for being behind the mic. I, I again, I am so appreciative of your work and the book, the podcast, you are doing amazing things. And For you who is listening, again, I can't stress this enough. If you're not listening to her podcast or you've never listened to it, go do that. And go to her website, sfesich.com. And she's right there. Cup of coffee, saying hi. Check out the podcast. Make it a part of your life. This has been episode number nine of Behind the Mic. Tune in next time as we go and speak to Steve Mileto from Teaching, Learning, Leading, K-12. And if you're tired of my voice, you're going to love Steve's voice because his is buttery smooth as we do talk about. But Sam, thank you for being here. And any final words of wisdom?
1: Thank you so much, Chris, for pushing me uh, and nudging me to, to start the podcast. It sounds like a really big to-do, but you know what? It, it's so much fun. And I encourage anyone who's thinking, oh, I might have a podcast idea just try it out. Like Chris says on House of EdTech, EdTech isn't, isn't um, difficult. Just give it a try. So just give podcasting a try. It really, It really is a fantastic journey. So thank you for your encouragement and support.